Blog Talk Radio. And I And thank you for tuning in to Help for HD Live. Help for HD Live is brought to you by Help for HD International and is made possible by an education grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals and our sponsor, the Griffin Foundation. I am your host, Katie Jackson, and today our guest is Leah Barker. Leah is a 25-year-old woman who has tested positive for Huntington's disease. Not only is she an advocate for HD and mental health, she is also the owner of a amazing blog called Capturing the Corners, which dives into difficult topics of mental illness. I'm so excited personally to have her on the show with me. Um, You know, I think that I hear this everywhere I go is that people feel alone in HD. Um, And I think that's because we don't talk about hard subjects. We don't talk about mental illness, depression, these really hard subjects, but we have to talk about these subjects because they're real. And our community deals with these with these type of topics all the, and these, this subject matter all the time. And to feel alone when you're dealing with that is just has to be the worst feeling. So to have brave people like Leah that are willing to stand up and talk about mental illness and talk about these hard subjects is so important because it helps our community realize that they are not alone in these in this very very difficult journey that we are all living on. Um, living life impacted by Huntington's disease. So I'm really excited today um, to have Leah on with us. So welcome to the show, Leah. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, and thank you so much for your kind words. It means so much. Yeah, we are really excited. Well, let's talk by you just telling us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, So, yeah, I'm 25 years old, as you've already mentioned. I tested positive for Huntington's disease, when I was 21 years old, I was the first person in my family to ever get tested for it and tested positive. Um, so I decided to create a website called Capturing the Corners, where I write about the difficulties in coping with Huntington's disease and mental illness, um, just trying to, you know, kind of tell people about the hard part of each of those things and how I cope with them. So other people hopefully don't have to feel alone in the disease or in mental illness. And, yeah, like you said, it's an extremely difficult subject to talk about, but I feel like it does have to be talked about in order to help other people. So that's what I try to do on my blog. Um, I'll sometimes have guest posts on there, and I'll be able to tell their story as well, which is just as important. Yeah, absolutely. So in your blog, um, and and I will keep saying this, if you guys go to Capturing Corners, um, it, it, it's amazing the subjects you guys are going to read about. And I want to do a show on like almost every single one of the blog posts because they're all so <laughs> important. But um, today we're talking about uh, one of the blog posts, I never thought I would get better either. 
And um, this is a very, very strong post, um, and it, it will stir up so many feelings. Um, and I think it was so well. Um, first of all, you're an amazing writer. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It's just crazy how good you are at articulating the way you felt. But let's talk and discuss that you, you talk about um, a suicide attempt. So can you tell us what pushed you to that breaking point? Um, yes. And yeah, this is really hard for me to talk about. I think it's my first time actually verbally discussing this. So sorry if I stumble a little bit getting my words out. But um, so I have honestly sat down and tried to be honest with myself and tried really hard to identify a specific breaking point. But in the end, I really have to answer that same way I answer when people ask me, why I suffer from mental illness or why I feel depressed, which is I don't really know, um, which that's, that's mental illness for you. You know, I mean, your brain is fixed and it can often convince you that the most irrational ideations are true and honest and authentic when really they're not. Um, and when you're in those moments and when you're feeling just, horrible and in a deep dark place it's super hard to climb out of that and usually I'm able to you know find some sense of hope to cling on to but mental illness is relentless and you don't get to decide when it gets better a lot of the times um, as hard as you may try so um, but I guess deep down I was really terrified of just becoming someone that I'm not as far as HD goes. Um, and I hope this doesn't offend anyone at all, but um, I didn't want to become a burden to anyone that I loved, including like, you know, I wasn't in a relationship at the time. I was thinking about having a future and a husband and kids and just thinking about having to be a burden to them and having to, um, you know, maybe act a certain way that I wouldn't normally act and, and hurt those people. Um, mm-hmm. So I was, I was extremely, extremely just terrified of that. And then having the depression, like on top of that. And at the time I was feeling pretty alone. Um, so in the end, I convinced myself that I could put both the demons in my mind to an end while saving the people that I love from having to care for me down the line, Um, which at the time I truly believed was the right thing to do. But like I said, mental illness makes you think irrationally at times. Um, And hindsight being what it is, I now recognize that my thoughts were flawed. um, And I'm super glad, obviously, that I'm still standing here and alive today. Yes, yeah, and and you know it's so funny you said that. I, I, my husband, I remember um, uh, towards the end stage, um, he was going kind of in the middle between mid stage and heading into advanced stage. And I remember one time we were talking, and I could tell in his face that he felt like he was a burden. And I remember telling him, uh-huh. "You feel like you're in a burden. You're a burden to us." And he said, "Yes." Mm-hmm. I said, you're not a burden. Oh. We love you. you. We do this because we love you, and you're not a burden. And he, he looked at me with these very, like, sensitive eyes, like, and he said, thank you. Like, he needed to hear that. Oh. So you saying that, when you said, I hope you, I don't offend anyone, you, this is a common thought. 
this is, I mean, anyone who says it's not would, would probably be trying to hide something. I think that our loved yeah. ones always kind of wonder if they're going to be a burden uh, one day and, yeah. and how, you know, it's going to affect other people, right? Um, which mm-hmm. is which is so sad. You guys already, I mean, you know, the thing that it is with my husband, he already had enough to deal with, with his own, you know, having to go off work. And this, I'm so sad that he felt that way of wondering if we were, you know, because we were always so worried about yeah. him. Right. Yeah, right. We, you know, and so, no, but I think that that's so common, Leah. So I, I don't think that there was anything off about that at all. I think that across the board we would probably find um, a lot, if not majority of patients uh, and people that even that carry the mutation that aren't symptomatic, that, that feel that when they're looking into the future. So, um, yeah, you know, that makes it's sense. Just, it's just yeah. something that I don't hear a lot. So I was just making sure, you know, um, I know, right. It's another thing that's not talked about, right. It's just another thing in our community that we don't talk about, um, yeah. a lot of people. And so I, I'm, Unless, except for this generation is obviously much, they're much braver than our, our previous generations have been. And they are talking about yeah. important subjects and I'm proud of you all for that. Um, oh, so thank you. let's, um, yeah. So how did you take such a hard time in your life and turn it around to where you are now, which is helping people by telling your story? Um, well, it's still so weird to me whenever you mention helping people because I still feel like I'm not really, like, helping people enough. But honestly, um, yeah, it was so hard. It was one of the most difficult things that I've ever, ever had to do um, because, first of all, I was in the hospital for a month. So, you know, there goes, like, the job and everything that you had mm-hmm. is gone because you're – and I was there for, you know, a while. Um, and then once you get out and you're, like, thrown – like, just imagine being in isolation for that long and then being thrown out into the real world. Um, it was so scary. The hardest part was moving past the guilt that I felt. And the pain that I had brought onto my family was just absolutely horrible. Like, worse, mm-hmm. I felt like I felt worse then than I did when I was attempting suicide. Um, but had to deal with the guilt from my family. And then I even ended up losing some friends who um, really believed that I was being really selfish so that was painful as well um Mm -hmm. but honestly my my dad kind of took me under his wing and he's a totally no-nonsense kind of guy like not really not sympathetic not in a bad way um but he's just very like straight edge straightforward so he gave me about a week to get my mind straight, and then he kind of just threw me back out into the world. Um, he, you know, told me to take a break from, from writing and from all the, the HD stuff because I was obviously overthinking it when everything happened. Um, but, mm-hmm. yeah, he kind of just slapped a stack of resumes in my hand and pushed me out the front door, which <laughs> terrified me. But um, because of him, now I have a great job. Um, that's actually where I met my boyfriend who is super supportive, always there for me. 
um, especially when it comes to the HD stuff. But um, that job, I also met an amazing group of people who are now some of my best friends. So I know it sounds kind of cliche, but finally having like a sense of consistency again and um, a sort of grounding on my life has allowed me to find the strength to, to write again and reach out to people who are struggling. Um, mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's kind of like if you imagine like any physical illness, like if a, if a bird is flying and it breaks its wing and it can't fly for a while, it has to heal and, you know, it can't fly like it could before. And then once the wing heals, I don't know. It's kind of like that. It's, it's hard to explain, but yeah. um, my yeah. wing has healed. So I'm able to write again and reach out to people. Um, but writing has always been only my second love. And my first is just a deep rooted need to help other people. And I have to be doing that or I don't feel like I'm living my life. Right. So that was what was most important to me. What helped me get back on my feet the most, I feel like. Yeah. And, you know, and I think, I think recognizing that this is real, I mean, we've seen, um, you know, I, one thing that kind of threw me back when you were talking in the beginning is that, you know, people thought you were being selfish um, or something and losing support. Um, You know, I think that um, we've seen it, you know, we've seen young Mm -hmm. people impacted by HD that aren't even symptomatic yet or a, they're asymptomatic and they've tested. We've seen them. We've seen that they've lost, they've, they've committed suicide. Um, we've seen that. We've seen our friends. We've seen, you know, people that we know um, that this has happened mm-hmm. to. And so this yeah. is real. This isn't, this isn't something that's taboo, that it's, you know, it's, it's a real subject in our community. And we've seen yeah. that, that it actually, you know, we have a larger suicide rate than the, than the general population. So do we need to talk yeah. about it? Yes. Do we need to support our community through this? Yes. Do we need to not act like it's there? No. We need to address it, and we need to learn how to support all stages of AC, you know, our, our, our young people that aren't, you know, that are, that are just tested and not symptomatic because we've seen them, yeah. them commit suicide as well. And so we have to figure out not hide from this, but we have to figure out how to support and how to do that exactly. better. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I am so thankful for the HD community because I know that there are people there who will always be there, whether, you know, I attempt suicide or I'm feeling depressed or I'm having a hard time. I can literally jump on Facebook or get on my phone. And I know that there are a list of people who are there that I can talk to. And that is amazing. Yeah. I love the HG community. You guys are so yeah. awesome. Yep. Yeah. The people who truly understand. Yeah. I, I love being able right. to pick up a phone and talk to my, someone from my community. Cause I don't sometimes even have to say much. They just get it, you know, yes. on the caregiver, you know, side. So yes, it's uh, exactly. It's, so it's such a breath of fresh air to be with our community. Um, I love it. The people that understand us, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So is it hard for you sometimes um, to write what happened uh, down and then go back and read it? Because I would imagine that would be really hard to go back and read from that time what you wrote. Oh, my gosh. You have no idea. Um, Well, maybe you do, but sometimes it seriously just takes, well, not only the reading part, but the writing it and getting it out. Like, a lot of times it takes absolutely everything out of me because I have to position myself into a place where I am fully 
reliving that moment in order to be honest and raw and pure with everybody. Um, so that alone is really hard for me to do. Um, and getting it down on paper, in a sense, kind of makes it more real because mm. this could have happened and I could have not told anyone about it and it, I could have kept it a secret and then it would have been in the back of everyone's mind. You know, we, we could have pretended like it never happened, but getting it out, getting it down on paper makes it real. And not only that, but people are reading it. So it kind of feels like I'm handing over my diary to the world in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But so the writing process is, is pretty difficult, um, but therapeutic because once I get it down and once I get it out, I feel like then I have done my part. And I can kind of not forget about it, but maybe not think about it as much or beat myself up about it as much because I feel like I'm taking mm-hmm. that negative part of my life and hopefully helping other people. But, um, yeah, I don't really go back and read them because, like I said, once it's out, once it's done and finished, then I kind of want to keep it there unless someone – you know, brings it up or they want to talk about it, then of course I'll do that. I'll be more than happy to do that. I just don't go back like in my spare time and read my articles because um, then I have to kind of relive all the pain that I brought to put it down yeah. on paper. But um, it, it can get exhausting, but it is 100% worth it if it helps even one person. Right, right, yeah. So what advice would you give someone who is dealing with depression or thoughts of hurting themselves? What, what have you learned and what would you tell them? Oh my goodness. Um, well, first of all, I recognize fully that everybody's situation is different. Um, so I'm definitely not trying to preach to anyone. Like I know exactly what they're going through, but I know probably somewhat at least, but whatever you're thinking, if you want to, hurt yourself in any way um it's just not worth it and I know people probably hear this all the time but I've been there and I've dealt with the pain of every aspect of that situation and I would take it back in a heartbeat um because whatever your mind is telling you when it's bringing you down is a lie especially if you suffer from mental illness there it's not telling you the truth I promise um it's so so hard but you just you have to hang in there just a little bit longer because happiness and hope are always so much closer than you think but you seriously have to go looking for it um because it's not most of the time it won't just present itself to you you have to find it in places where you wouldn't usually look and I don't know if that really makes sense but I feel like people who are going through a hard time might hear that and understand it hopefully yeah um, but definitely at least try to reach out to someone you love, someone you know who will listen. Um, if you need to get medical or professional help, don't feel any shame in that. Um, there's absolutely no shame in asking for help because I feel like only the strongest people are able to admit their weaknesses. And in yep. doing that, yep. it might just save your life. So, um, you know, you, yeah. you've got to do what what you need to do. And most importantly, I just want people to know that they – are never ever alone. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I had a, a friend of mine, um, a close friend of mine that that um, is is um, uh, gene positive, and she was she was telling me about some things going on in her head and and this battle. Um, and then this, she goes around and then it comes back and she would try to push the ideas mm-hmm. out of her head and they came back and how, yeah. um, when she was explaining it to me, she explained it so good. And I was like, that is, and I, I said, that's all just so not true. And she's like, I know, but you can't stop it. It's you try your hardest. You try to tell yourself it's not true. And then it just, it wins. It keeps going. And I didn't realize it was, it was interesting being able for her to kind of give me a little bit of a, 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 a tiny glimpse into what she was, was feeling at the time um, because mental illness is real. And, and she was having a hard time fighting off the thoughts that she was feeling. And yeah, um, that's, that's exactly how it works. Like, it's so crazy that you say that because I mean, our realities are in our minds. That's like the center of what creates what's around us. So like you can know on one end that something is not true, but just like you mentioned, it, it is relentless. Like it keeps coming back if you suffer from those types of mental illnesses. Yeah. So I think the big thing that we got from you is you're not alone. And that's huge. Right. Um, I think that's exactly. so important. And I think one of the biggest message is there is no shame. There is no shame. Of course. And it takes a lot to ask for help. Like you said, only the mm-hmm. bravest people get out there and, and admit their weaknesses and ask for help. And um, so just always, I think that's so important to always remember that find your support and get help that you need for, for anyone that is dealing with depression. Um Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Well, Leah, That's thank you so. so much for coming on. I I think mm-hmm. like I want to do some more. I want to do some more um, interviews with you on different different. I was actually going um, capturing the corners the other day, and I there's mm-hmm. so many articles that I want to talk about. Um, so if you're willing, yeah, that would be I would love for you to come on. <laughs> and, yeah, and, I would um, absolutely love that. Yeah, I, there's just some really important topics that you talk about in the blog um, that I think could really help um, our community and and um, really help us know, like that, like you were saying, we're not alone. We're we're all in this, and um, and uh, it's a hard journey uh, that we're navigating mm-hmm. through. Um, but you know, um, with each other's support and and knowledge that's learned across the way, we can we can help each other through this journey for sure. And there is of so course. much hope. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, that's that's the most important thing that I just want people to know that there is hope. And I'm an open book, so I would absolutely love to come back on the show. You can ask me anything that you want, and I will talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's awesome. So, do you have any final thoughts before we wrap up? I think we covered a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, just to just to reiterate, you know, what we've already said is mm-hmm. that if if anyone gets anything out of this, just know that there is hope um, and there are people mm-hmm. who love you. I love you. There are people in the HD community who love you and who want to be there for you and support you. So that's the biggest takeaway from this. If you ever need help, just reach out. Yeah, absolutely. 
Absolutely. And I was uh, I was uh, talking to Leah before we went live on the show, and you know, there's so much hope out there. I mean, I've been doing this for 15 years, and I have never seen so much hope and promise. And I'm I'm uh, for the first time, I think that in my advocacy mission and, and journey that I'm feeling like, Oh my gosh, we're almost there. We haven't hit a home run, but we're close. And um, so we all just need to hang tight together and hopefully we will have a, we'll have a therapy soon. Um, that is all of our hopes. And um, until then, all we could do is love each other and take care of each other and support each other. Um, we are an HD community and they, we only, and really the only people that understand us is us. So we definitely have to always be by each other's side and support each other through anything um, until we can finally find a cure for this and a, or, or good therapies. And then we can, then we can figure out something else to talk about on the radio show. I don't know, maybe, maybe something other people talk about, which I'm sure, I'm not sure what that is anymore. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much for coming, uh, for coming on with us. And um, to wrap up the show, we just got back from Puerto Rico. What an amazing life changing trip that was. Uh, the people from Puerto Rico are so full of life. Uh, have they endured a ton of disaster and suffering? Yes. Um, they found 80 families on the island, six juvenile cases, which is shocking to me for a small island like that. Um, and uh, we had so many people show up for this event. We actually had to order more lunches, and we were scrambling moving tables around um, uh, thanks to the foundation um, of Huntington, Puerto Rico, for, for taking us in and, and really helping us um, make this event a success where we got to meet the most amazing people in the world, um, their survivors. And um, I want to make sure that we are always supporting um, our, our community globally um, because people need help. And it definitely showed me how lucky we are um, when I saw the lack of support and resources over there. Thank goodness for the foundation. They do have them, and they are fantastic. Um, but we definitely need to support Puerto Rico. Um, so until then, I think all I, the only other announcement I have is we have our symposium in Iowa. If anyone is in the Iowa area, it's October 13th. Please contact us. We would love to have you if we need to help. You know, um, hopefully we'll see some scholarships coming out soon. Uh, we're just waiting uh, for some final uh, final funding to come in and then we will make some announcements but um, please uh, if you're in that area come out and join us we would love to meet you um, we have some great speakers we have wave pharmaceuticals coming we have genentech roche coming we have um, some great kyle finks coming from uc davis um, there's some great great speakers um, on the agenda so we are lucky to have all them and we can't wait to hear from them and help uh, help, uh, help our community uh, know with resources and information, but also give us some hope on that research out there and hear some updates. So until next week, same time, same place. See you then. And thank you once again, Leah. You are brave and beautiful, and we love you, <laughs> and thank you for coming on the show thank with us. Thank you. Thank you <laughs> so us, much. Yes, yes. Until next week, everyone have a safe week, and talk to you next Wednesday. <laughs>